You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 397 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, October 16th. You're probably hearing this on Wednesday, October 16th. I'm sorry, or October 17th. I'm sorry I've had to record these things kind of late, but uh, it is episode number 397. I am your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at LockedOnRaptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. So much content for you to listen to right now. NFL stuff, college football stuff for all of the big programs that you want to be covered. Uh, you got all the NFL, NBA shows as well, preview content across the entire network. And then we have a Locked On NBA preview, which was a really great project we did last week with all of the hosts on the network. Five to seven minutes on every team, six episodes, six teams five, uh, per episode, five episodes across all of last week. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network for that. Make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing to the shows that you like and you want to support. And also, please subscribe to my Patreon page if you like my work and want to have a little bit more of it in your life. Uh, please subscribe. It uh, goes to patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. It's in my Twitter profile if you want to click on it there. Uh, anything is deeply, deeply appreciated. I'm trying to make this uh, more of a big part of the pie of my income. So thank you to everyone who's already donated. And if you will donate in the future, you will get an episode of the premium podcast, Primos, Pasta, and Ross, that is going to come out on Wednesday. Myself and Kelly Dwyer from The Second Arrangement are going to do a little bit of a Raptors preview podcast, so please stay tuned for that and subscribe on the Patreon page for that. Uh, all right, going to get to the podcast now. It's myself and Chris Manning, one of our favorites here, and we're teeing up the first game of the season between the Raptors and Cavs and just kind of talking about the bigger picture stuff with both teams. Love these locked-on crossover ones. We do them all the time during the regular season, and I'm excited to get back to those being a regularity. We're going to do one on Thursday night as well with John Corrales to tee up the game against the Celtics on Friday, which will be super fun. And uh, yeah, we'll make it a big part of the regular rotation of podcasts throughout the year. That's going to do it for me. Let's get to the conversation now with myself and Chris Manning, and we will talk to you tomorrow after the Raptors' first game of the season against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I will do a podcast from the arena afterwards. Uh, Until then, though, enjoy the conversation with Chris, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, it's Sean Woodley from Locked On Raptors. And it's Chris Manning from Locked On Cavaliers. Chris, man, how's it going? It's the, We're recording this, full disclosure, uh, Tuesday night, just after the Celtics beat the Sixers. So we're deep in the, th- in, th- in the throes of opening night. The Warriors are getting their stupid championship rings, even though I don't know how this is still fun for them. Uh, so that's going on. It's, it's the first day of the season. It's great. It's very exciting. Yeah, I am. I am mostly ready. Um, I this is. I feel the least prepared for to some degree than I ever have. But I think that's also because this cast you might just. I don't quite have an idea of of what to expect. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm ready for this. I'm. I'm ready for. It's kind of the fun. It's going to be Cavs Raptors to start off because both teams did change so much this summer, and it. It's. I mean, it, it's. It's you know, in some way, it's a way for like Toronto to just like exercise some demons a little bit, even if it's not in the playoffs, and just get that one out of the way. And then for the Cavs, it's like, uh, let's just let's just see what happens because <laughs> I, it's going to be weird. I'm very much approaching this game as a full-on avenging of the last three playoff losses. If they win this game, everything is fine. Uh, <laughs> that's. Just... Obviously. Yeah, it never happened. The yeah. LeBron era actually never happened to the Raptors. Yeah, honestly, it's kind of hard to feel like down about losing to LeBron a bunch of times in hindsight. Like it sucked at the time, especially last year when it seemed like they were like kind of ready to maybe actually do it, and the Cavs seemed like they were kind of bad. But um, in hindsight, 
you know, you lose to LeBron, that's fine. I can deal with that. I can get over that in short order. And also, I guess, adding Kawhi Leonard to your team makes you feel a little bit better about that, too. But were you unnerved by his laugh? Like, I... Because like, I, I was like, what, what is going on here? I, and he's just kind of like a weird dude, but that laugh, man, was, was something. I was not uh, unnerved by the laugh until the little remix this morning came out of the laugh set to the round ball rock theme. <laughs> oh, Lord. Have you seen that? No, I have not. But now, when we were after we're done with this, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I'll have to send it to you in the DMs. Maybe you can watch it and we can get your reaction live while we do the podcast. I know I retweeted yeah. it earlier on. I've been doing a lot of tweets today, so it's somewhere. Look, here. you you t- you talk. I'm gonna go find this. I'm no, no, I got it right here. I'm gonna send you the link to the tweet. It's right, right. here. I'm gonna throw it in the DMs, and uh, you can behold its beauty live and in person for the people to hear. Maybe you can even get it to play. Shouts to Toll underscore cover for the extremely good NBA meme. It's very, very good. I just sent it to you, so you should have it now. All right, here we go. I'm watching it. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, It's pretty special. I'm not sure if people heard that or not. But I can edit that in, perhaps, and maybe people. Will, uh, yeah. Um, look, anyone who like wants to see this, like, um, I put this in the show notes for the Lockdown Cavs pod. But like, oh my god, like this is like that laugh was horrifying, and this is both like amazing and, and terrifying at the same time. And like the the guy that suck at told underscore Cover's Twitter Abby it also just like makes it great because he's got like an old Count Chocula. Like cereal box? Yeah, search Count Markula on Twitter and you will find the person responsible for this monstrosity of a meme. It's really good, though. What? It's outstanding. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I'm even more scared of Kawhi. I don't even know how to make stuff like that. I probably should learn, considering I'm kind of in the internet business, but like, I, I just let other people make the videos and I just crack jokes about them. Yeah. We are going to continue the conversation with Chris Manning in just a second, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, and usually it's what seemed to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You just lay down some cash and you win big today. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for your fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player is going to score in a, in a given game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. That is incredible. Use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to get that incredible bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. We should probably talk about Tuesday or Wednesday's game, the Raptors and Cavs opening the season. Uh, it's interesting. It's extremely different than it has been in many years. Um, you were talking about how you don't really know anything about this Cavs team. I, I guess the thing I'm most interested in is, like, can Kevin Love get back to being Kevin Love like he was in Minnesota? Like, I know he was also very good with the Cavs, and he's a big reason why they won the title that year. Um, but, like... He has never been the same type of player, right? He's been more of a pick-and-pop or stand in the corner and just kind of be there when LeBron needs help kind of guy as opposed to sort of being the focal point of the offense. 
are you excited to see what he's going to do in that role this season? I'm assuming that's what the Cavs are going to have him do. And like, do you think he's going to be able to kind of rediscover his old form, or is he just like a different player in a different phase of his career now? So one one thing that I find interesting is, and he did a Q and A. He's talked about this in his scrums, but he also uh, talked about this when he did a Q and A with Rohan Nagarni from SI, and then he said he's not going to be the same guy that he was in Minnesota in terms of just working off the, of the elbow. Um, it sounds like he's going to be a more perimeter-oriented version of that, and I just... I don't quite know um, what that means. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what what is, like, a Kevin Love... Um, ver- Minnesota Kevin Love, but on the perimeter. What is... I, I, that, I just don't quite understand what that means because it just is something that I, I just don't know like are you going to run Kevin Love sets where he's standing just behind the three point line is that what that means like does it mean it's going to be like like more involved versions of what he's done in the last couple of years I, I just don't know and just like what does the personnel around him look like like what is like what what do what does Tristan Thompson look like this year what does Larry Nance look like as a big man partner um, what does Jetty look like what does Sexton look like what is like what does whoever Rodney Hood look like and all of this I just don't know and I, I also just like have ex- like things that I'm sure about. Like I think they're going to be atrocious on defense. And like, <laughs> like I when when you think about these things, I just it's just it's hard to sort of know how it's going to work. And we saw very little. There's very little about the preteason other than that they're going to definitely try and play fast. That I feel like I know right now. Um, and I'm, obviously we're not going to learn all of that in Toronto. We're not going to learn all that in one game, but I think we're going to get it. Uh, it's the, cl- the clearest idea we're going to get as to sort of what Tyloo's plan is for this group this year. Yeah. I uh, Is there anything that you can draw on from your experience from watching the Cavs team that lost LeBron the first time and sort of apply it to this team? I know it's kind of different because Kevin Love's still here, and it's not like the totally scorched earth roster that you were dealing with in 2010. I was at like the second game of that era for the Cavs against the Raptors, and I've never been more depressed. Like, I stopped watching basketball for, like, two years after going to that game. It really, really crushed me. It was just so dark with no LeBron and no Bosh. Like, are you expecting it to be that bad this time around? I know, like, there's kind of talk of the Cavs maybe being, like, a playoff contender, fringy team. I'm, like, tempted to maybe put them in there, but I still think, like, Charlotte and Detroit are kind of just, like, more... They have more adult players who can kind of shepherd a team to 38 wins in the eighth seed than I think the Cavs do but I don't know like are you expecting it to be as downtrodden as it was you know eight years ago no because the when he left last time it was just a pit it was just like a just a roster lacking of talent a roster lacking of any good players and they actively tried to they actually set everything up to avoid that this time so they have Colin Sexton who they really like who is someone I think they are a they they believe in. Uh, they have Jetty. They have they have Kevin Love. They have they have Hood. They have Jr. and Channing Frye. So not just I think to be veteran presences, but to be players who can sort of keep the good vibes rolling and give you some nostalgia. Um, I, so I think they've set it up in that way. And they look they actively do not want to as an organization. As much as like I think it is possible that they could fire people, that they could. Um, or, or trade, you know, trade Kevin Love in six months or something like that. When you think about who they're trying to sell themselves to, they're trying to act like they're a playoff team, and like they don't like saying the word rebuild. Like I've used that in questions, and like I'm just gonna say it's not exactly gone over well. Um, like you get a you get a rough vibe when you kind of say that Kevin Love has sort of said like he came back because he thought they want to compete. They're gonna try to sell themselves 
as someone who is going to as an organization that's going to compete and I think last time you couldn't even sell that now you kind of can I, I mm. guess yeah what, you what, can try to at least at least until like you're getting wrecked by all the teams that you're hoping to compete against at the end of the month like the, the thing about this cast schedule is like the the type of teams are playing this first month they get Indiana Detroit Toronto Atlanta they have hit all these teams across the spectrum mm-hmm. that are going to tell us early on sort of what we're looking at they play Brooklyn next week and like if they can't beat the Nets or don't look more competent than the Nets like what hope do they really have in making the playoffs yeah, the Nets, man. Everyone thinks the Nets are always going to be like fun and nice. They're 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 garbage. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that like more artsy NBA writers live in Brooklyn than anywhere else, and they like have to latch on to the Nets and thus romanticize them because they're the local team and there's something nice about the way they play. Or maybe Kenny Atkinson's a nice dude, but my God, last for, last Wednesday the Raptors played them in the preseason and. They're just not good. They don't have good players. D'Angelo Russell just makes me just super sad. I know, like, Karis LeVert's, like, a sexy, like, oh, he's he might be good. But, like, yeah, like, in good in what way, though? Like, good in a build a team that wins more than 33 games around him kind of way? Like, I don't really think so. And same goes for, like, Spencer Dinwiddie and all these kind of sad people they have. Um, but we're not talking about the Nets. We're talking about the Cavs. I'm saying the Cavs should be able to beat the Nets is what I'm saying. I think the Cavs yeah. have more talent than that. Like, I... I guess it kind of a lot of it comes down to Colin Sexton, I guess, which is weird to say because he's a rookie point guard. But like, he what's the alternative to him? It's playing Jordan Clarkson a whole lot, right? So I, like, if Colin Sexton isn't very good, then I think the whole thing could kind of fall off the the rails a little bit. But like, if Sexton Sexton's like competent as a point guard, then like maybe they could. I guess George Hill's there too. I totally forgot about George Hill. This team's not that terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they're, let's they're see. Fine. I look. Uh, you're you're more optimistic, I think, than I am. Like right. when, which is which is wild. Look, um, I'm not optimistic per se. I'm just like I don't think they're like. I think they're firmly in kind of their own tier in the East, where they're not one of the the dog poo teams, but they're also not the Pistons or Hornets. You know what I mean? Like I think those two are kind of on their own tier. Then the Cavs are like their own, and then there's just like the the bottom feeders. And I don't think the Cavs are that, but maybe the defense will be bad enough that it will be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's possible, and I and I think like what what how like willing like Tyler was to play young guys, let them make mistakes. We'll say something about that. And look, like when I say that you're the the right when Raptors fans watch this game Wednesday, they're going to see a team that is going to play faster, which mm-hmm. is going to be wild. They're going to see a team that is going to be playing different types of guys, running different sets. Like, it just isn't going to look like the same team anymore. And, like, that, that is, like, visually, that is a weird thing. You know, it's, like, I, I'm sure for you, like, in this preseason, it's been a little bit weird to not, like, like, you watch the Raptors the last four years or whatever. And, like, DeMar, or for however long he was there, and, like, what DeMar DeRozan did was just sort of part of the team's DNA. Mm-hmm. Like, the last four years have been defined by kind of slow LeBron iso ball and him lallying on defense. <laughs> and, like, that's just not there anymore. And, and also him like, berating kind of, people. Kind of <laughs> yeah, right. What are you going to do right. without, like, crazy interpersonal soap opera drama to deal with this season? Like, is it going to be less, like, like interesting to cover? <laughs> I'm going to get more sleep. I'm super pumped about it. I'm going to, like, get on, like, a normal sleep schedule. <laughs> like, I'm going to, like, have time to, like, you know, watch The Good Place every week. Like, there, there's these little things I'm going to sneak in because I don't have to write a blog post about what LeBron, like, in, like what LeBron subtweeted about somebody. Yeah, that's going to be the Raptors thing all season is, like, uh, I mean, I'm part of it myself because every time Kawhi smiles, I'm like, all right, take a screenshot, 
put it on the bulletin board for the reasons why he's staying, attach it to the top thing, which is just a printout of what his five-year Supermax is, and attach it with a red string to the photo, and then by the end of the day, it'll look like the 13th episode of a, of a season of The Wire, and you know it'll be confirmed that he's coming. So like that that that's that's our burden this season. Like the Raptors are going to be extremely good, but being extremely good with a, I guess, turbulent star player. And I don't think Kawhi is turbulent in the way that LeBron is, where he's just like actively just like throwing shade shaded dudes all the time. But just the whole is he going to stay conversation is going to get exhausting i think pretty quickly and that that's that, that's part of what comes with being a fan of a really good team i suppose yeah no absolutely so when you when you look at this raptors team obviously all the big changes happen this summer it's going to be a, a, a season-long story with Kawhi. but when you've watched them in the preseason what do you feel like and, and with nick nurse coaching this team now what do you feel like you've learned from from the preseason or just the general things that are coming out of the team right now from from whatever they're saying or what they're kind of showcasing yeah, uh, they. It's a lot of things that are familiar, while also kind of underneath a different philosophy. I think because like the offense is going to be very much the same as it was last season. I think, and you know that was a Nick Nurse designed offense, and you just take out Demar Derozan and put Kawhi Leonard in, who's just like better at most of the things Demar was really good at, and is kind of similar in the way in which he goes about getting his offense. Like, Kawhi's no stranger to the mid-range. He'll do that from time to time or quite often, and he's pretty good at it. So he's better than DeMar at it, actually. So, like, it's going to be very similar. And so I think the offense is going to kind of be pretty comfortable for people to watch. People are going to be like, yeah, I know exactly what this is, and I know it's coming, and it's going to be very good. Um, in terms of the defense, though, like, actually, Nick Nurse was talking today in his little practice, post-practice scrum or whatever, talking about the defense and how... It was kind of interesting. So he was like, yeah, you guys all like are talking as if we were a good defense last season. And we were, I suppose, if, if, if the research says, like, yeah, they were top four or five defense. But he was like, I don't know, if you look, if you peel back the layers a little bit, uh, I think that would reveal some truths about how good we actually were. And where I think he's like, I, I, like totally identifying like the John Schumann stat about them sucking against uh, really good offenses, and then obviously that manifested itself in the playoffs against the Cavs in the second round. Um, so I think the defense is going to be extremely different than what it's been. I think Nurse wants to be really aggressive, and we've kind of seen that. And like, how could you not want to be aggressive when of your 12, 13 guys who are going to see minutes at some point? Ten of them are really good defenders. One of them is like a so-so defender, and two were kind of bad. The two being like Greg Monroe and C.J. Miles, are like the only obvious negative defenders on the team. Everyone else is a good defender, and like there are dudes who just like jump passing lanes and who aren't glaring liabilities the way Demar Derozan was. And I just think the way Nurse is going to be able to kind of get creative on defense is going to be really awesome. So I'm looking forward to that more than anything. I think in just terms of how they're going to play, because that's the one thing. I think will be different, and I think they're going to be like a top three defensive team this season. I think they're going to be really, really good. And then the other thing too is like I don't. I, I kind of want to get your opinion on this because I, I think kind of philosophies differ on this. But Nurse was also talking today about how he is kind of like he doesn't have a starting line, a starting lineup figured out for tomorrow, and he was looking at the schedule and being like, yeah, like this game might be a JV game, this game might be a surge game. I think the thing that's clear is that they're only going to start one big, which is cool, and I think that means we're going to see a lot of OG Kawhi and Danny Green just absolutely murdering people on defense. But um, the way that Nurse seems to be very flexible with how he's going to deploy his starting five is uh, 
is new considering Dwayne Casey famously once started Luis Scola for an entire season and never switched him out um, and didn't do so until like deep into the playoffs, which was insane. But I don't know, like, what is your kind of take on the idea of a team going into a season, especially a team that's really good and has high expectations, just being like, yeah, we don't really care about having a starting five. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, don't overblow it. We'll, we'll figure it out, and we want to see what happens against certain matchups. I like it. I think it's smartly flexible. I think um, it, it doesn't hold you into a certain style. It, I think it's easier to sell the players than promising, like, Serge or, or, or JV that he's going to start from day one. I think that certainly, I think, plays a part in, in why, to me, in that opinion, that makes sense. Um, it's funny because the Cavs, are, I mean, they're on the different spectrum here, but they're doing the same thing. I, I, don't, I think they're going to start Tristan against Toronto, but they have said, Ty did say that Nance and him are going to start depending on who they play. Right. So, like, that is going to be something where they're going to do. And, like, for, for me, in, in looking at this game, the, 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 there's the one thing that I sort of feel like I feel like I will learn something about this Cavs team really does depend on Toronto playing a lot of their smaller guys and, and playing small and having guys on the floor that can defend all those positions. So, so really, you know, OG, um, you know, getting Van Vliet up against Colin Sexton, Kawhi, obviously, and Danny Green. Can Jetty, can Rodney Hood, can George Hill, can Sexton, can I, Jordan Clarkson, shout to Jordan Clarkson, uh, like get enough quality shots and help create enough quality shots to help Kevin Love and to like survive against good, good, a, a really good defense. And if the Cavs like look overmatched, and yes, it's night one, and we don't want to draw too much from one game, et cetera, et cetera, but. If they just like look overwhelmed and like struggle, um, that that's a bad vibe for the first game of the year, and that to me is like sort of the one thing I feel like I will learn something tangible. Obviously, like again, one game the Cavs could do things could get weird. The Cavs could like win the game randomly, and sure. But if we're looking at sort of like what we would expect qualitatively, like that that's sort of like the one breakdown, and it could be too early for Toronto too, right? Like defense is the hardest part of of basketball. It's it's hard to scheme. It's it's you know. What does Kawhi sort of look like? All these different things. How, by the way, how has Kawhi like looked? Like, does he seem like he's just gonna be like Kawhi again? He, there are like flashes where he just is insane. Like there was uh, the game against the Jazz, which the first half of that game before the Raptors benched all their starters was probably the most impressive they've looked, and they looked amazing for the entire second quarter. Like the the Jazz couldn't even muster anything on offense. And on the other end, like, they were just like, okay, Kawhi, you're going to ISO on Jay Crowder 10 times in a row. And he cooked Jay Crowder, like, 9 of 10 times. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, this is a different kind of dude who Raptors fans haven't seen before. His shot has been a little wayward. Like, I think he's kind of, you know, figuring that stroke out a little bit. But, like, you would figure someone who has barely played for a year, like, that's the last thing that'll come in terms of, like, you know, getting rid of the rust. I mean, there have been possessions where he does Kawhi things on defense where he'll... You know, jump a passing lane. He'll pick a steal and, and go down for a dunk. Like he's, like he looks like Kawhi aside from the shooting accuracy, which I'm not too concerned about at this point. And the thing that's like most encouraging to me is that like he's pretty eager. It seems to, you know, hunt contact and just like attack the basket, which I, I think for Raptors fans is the most encouraging thing that you could possibly see out of the preseason because. It means that he feels comfortable and healthy in doing that. I mean, he took a couple falls in the first preseason game, and it was like, all right, dude, we get we get it. You're healthy. Please stop doing that. But um, if he's comfortable doing that, I think that is a sign above all else that like he is fully back to at least a level of health that he's comfortable with. And 
if that's the case, like it's only a matter of time before the Kawhi Leonard skills kind of come through. And I, I just, I'm totally over the moon excited to watch him play for the Raptors, man. It's, you know, it, obviously Cavs fans know all about this, right? Because they've had LeBron for on and off periods over the last decade and a half. And, like, it's just, it's totally different. And Raptors fans have had good players. DeMar was a very good player. Kyle Lowry's incredible. Vince Carter even was amazing. But, like, to see Kawhi and just the way that he can kind of tilt the game, even in the preseason for, like, little five, ten-minute stretches, it's uh, it's brand new and it's remarkable. And I think Raptors fans are quickly going to realize exactly why it is Masai said, yeah, screw it, we got to make this trade to get this guy on our team. I'm very, I'm very happy for like everyone that because it, it is really exciting to see like that a player of that caliber on the team. Like you're covering or a team you root for, like it, it is like a very like, crazy sort of surreal experience when you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And like you just have to kind of take it as it comes, and it can be like more stressful and frustrating at times, but it's sort of worth it because that guy is you know incredible um, and is and can can bring you new things that you're not sort of um, used to seeing. Are you? Are you? When you look at this game and you look at the this is the beginning of this season for Toronto coming off whatever their preseason looked like, are you expecting a team that is going to be ready to go from from the gate, ready to or going to start off the season a little bit slower? Like that that to me is the other thing about this. It's like a season opener. Where I don't think we're going to learn a ton, but are you expecting to have a team that is ready to rock on on night one? I uh, it's hard to say, right? Like I think their defense is still going to take some time. There have been some lapses there and. I think it's just a matter of them feeling each other out, and that'll come at some point because there are too many really good defenders on the team for that not to work. And like, I think the Raptors, for the most part, are kind of they do have more continuity than maybe is implied just because they have Kawhi now. Like, I mean, the whole second unit is still the second unit, and we saw what it did last season playing together. I mean, they just absolutely just wipe teams off the floor and. That's all back, and in theory, they should be better in a lot of those guys. Like, I think Pascal Siakam this season is going to be awesome. I'm super pumped to watch him play. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of the season he's starting in at the power forward spot just because I think he might just bring a little bit more dynamism to his role and when he's on the court than an OG does, but it's going to depend on his shooting and, and whatnot, and that's always going to be a question with him until it's not, but... Yeah, I think the defense will take some time, but the offense is going to click, and there are too many good players on the team for it not to be. And just, like, everyone can shoot. So, like, even when they have, like, games where their process isn't quite there or, like, they just... Even in games, like, where they get a bunch of threes up, like, eventually the volume's going to win out. And I think just the number of guys they have who are good three-point shooters, which is just so much more than it was last season. It's crazy how swapping out one guy for two... And just like having a bit of internal development kind of changes the whole complexion of the roster because last season it was Kyle, CJ Miles, Serge, and then like Fred Van Vliet. And that was about it for reliable three-point shooters. And even Serge wasn't particularly great last season. Whereas this season, like there's just very few lineups the Raptors are going to have where they have fewer than four good shooters on the court, which is kind of freaking bonkers. Um, and also really good if you're interested in being a good team. So that stuff will just kind of... I think easily translate over and Kawhi seems like he's I mean the chemistry with him and Kyle I think Nick Nurse really was kind of paying attention to getting them playing together a lot in the preseason they kind of shared every minute in the first half of all these games that they played and then sat the second half and like they already showed chemistry and I feel like Kyle 
people think he's ordinary or whatever. Like, I think it's all just kind of a facade that he puts on, and uh, people love to overreact to Kyle Lowry saying things or doing things or not saying or not doing things. But just the, the on-court chemistry and the way that they seem to talk about each other is like, yeah, like they, I think they recognize it's like game recognized game, right? And they're, they're just kind of. I think it's going to be a very good on-court relationship. Maybe they won't have the same antics that Kyle and DeMar did, obviously, because they're not amazing friends or whatever, but I think they kind of realize that... If if anyone's going to realize that this team is amazing with Kawhi on it, it's Kyle Lowry. He's really freaking smart. He knows what's going on. So, no, I don't really have any concerns about them hitting the ground running or anything like that, if that's what you're asking. That's a roundabout way of answering it. (laughs) Yeah, and the flip side of this, I, I do have concerns sort of about the, the Cavs because I just yeah. don't feel like they – like Kevin Love didn't play a ton in the preseason. I don't think – I don't know if – I don't. I have to double-check my notes, but I don't know if him and Sexton like played any meaningful minutes together, if any minutes at all. Um, you know, JR doesn't look like he's going to play due to a elbow issue on opening night, so that sort of delays the answer of like what his role sort of is going to be. Um, we don't really know what Ty's rotations are going to look like. There's just like a bunch of questions, and they, they could be, in, but they're going to be in better shape, I think, from everything I've been told. And you know, enhances out an ankle injury. So there's like, I'm sure they're going to be like ready to run, and I just have no idea what that looks like. Right. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, and like, look, like I. I, I cannot, like, speak to this because, like, they've all downplayed it as, as I sort of expect they would. But if you're the Cavs and you're specifically guys – I mean, maybe not Kevin Love because he's getting paid. And Tristan – because Tristan just seems like he's ready to, like, take on everybody this year. And he looks pretty healthy, actually. Uh-huh. But if you're, like, in general, a team that lost LeBron James, it's got to be weird, right? Like, the preseason is one thing. But, like, getting to the regular season – and, like, playing this team you've, like, rocked the last four years but sort of know it's because of a guy that's no longer on your team, that's, like, got to be weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just don't know, like, what that does to your psyche or, like, again, like, that's, all, that's like, speculation and sort of just, like, playing doctor over here. But, like, that's got to be weird. And I just wonder what that sort of means for an opening night game. Well, if you're Tristan Thompson, the East still runs through the Cavs, so... Um, <laughs> I mean, technically, I guess like, he's ready to go. They look and technically <laughs> until uh, they lose it. Uh, it's true, and <laughs> so he's right until the Cavs like don't make the playoffs. Yeah, um, or get swept in the first round by any number of teams they could potentially play. I I don't know. I don't know the funniest signed... outcome for the Cavs like. Them, like, getting swept by the Celtics, but Tristan just, like, thoroughly outplaying Al Horford in the first round. Oh, um, mwah. Mwah. Like, be would be, would be, like, would be, would be, would be okay with that, I guess. It would be, uh, truly beautiful. I, um, I know they just signed Kevin Love to the new deal, right? So, he's probably hard to trade. But, like, I, do you see this being a team that, like, if it gets to the deadline, they'll just be like, you know what? It was a good run. I know Dan Gilbert's an idiot, so maybe he won't really think long term. But like, do you think there's a chance that they get to the All Star break or whatever, and they're not doing so hot on pace for like low thirties wins, and they're just like, yeah, let's trade Kyle Korver, let's trade Larry Nance, let's trade. I know they're signing Nance too, but like, I, I don't know. Could you just see them kind of moving on from? a lot of the guys they brought in to fill out the roster around LeBron, or do you think they're going to try to keep those guys around as, like, culture-y dudes? Totally possible. Yeah. Totally possible they, like, flip Kevin Love to someone who, like, wants to 
come like feels like they can compete a little bit more right now. Um, and but the problem is I don't think you're getting a lot back. I don't think there's a and, and unfortunately, and, and that contract and unless he's just like a machine or some team just like does something crazy, mm-hmm. possible. Like it's there's there's a lot of bad general managers. Um, <laughs> I cannot see a situation where like you get a haul back for Kevin Love. Yeah. So like what like Zach Lowe like wrote of like like predicted that Kevin Love would get traded like in his like random thoughts column and it was like something like Jeremy Lamb and like a protected pick and like Batum or something from the Hornets is like the framework of a deal and I'm like okay like why but like why do it that point <laughs> like why like what's the point you know like I what's guess the if point you're really trying thing? to suck that's the way to do it and like are you gonna get like I mean I guess you're getting like picks and stuff but. I don't know. I, 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 my, my guess is that they're gonna like they would ride out the season and look at that next summer. Mm-hmm. But I get. I mean, if they're like just already guaranteed to have like be one of the worst five teams in the league come the deadline, like I guess like anything's on the table. And then like may, like maybe Kevin Love is like a Charlotte Hornet or like an Orlando Magic or um, just something silly. Like you know, I mean. Watch just the Kings are gonna be like, all right, you can have our like they don't have their own pick, but like we're gonna give you like we're gonna give you our future picks for for Kevin Love, <laughs> or just something like really like bizarre um, could happen, I guess. And but that 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 I think happens if things get really really bad. And then what what that means for like like Ty Lue at that point, I just feel bad for the guy because yeah. I don't think I think there's already some pushback of like he doesn't want to like necessarily pull, go in all in on the youth and the the front office maybe wants him to lead into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that that's like a thing where it's like if they just trade Kevin Love, he's just gonna be like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? And that's gonna be weird too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, Cavs are such a weird team, man. I <laughs> they're super weird. I, I mean, how could you not be weird after LeBron leaves? That's kind of impossible not to be, I suppose. But still, you're gonna have an interesting season to cover at least. Uh, like, are you kind of? interested and like refreshed a little bit in your because I'm feeling this right now with the Raptors and obviously it's different because the Raptors are actively better with Kawhi but like I was fine with them running it back but as like someone who covers the team I was like yeah but like it's the same thing and it'll be interesting I guess and it'll be fun for 50 games but as and like as a fan I'd be down for that but as covering it I was just like all right we're gonna talk about the same stuff for a year but now the Kawhi's back it's just like a whole requires here it's just like a whole new realm of possibilities for content i suppose are you kind of feeling the same way in that like it's a bit obviously it's not as good because you're not going to the finals or whatever but is it like i don't know do you feel refreshed in terms of covering the team are there like new storylines that you're kind of interested in following for the first time and are you interested to cover like a different kind of team than the Cavs have been the last four years yes and it's better for me that lebron's not there because there's just less people hell like, yeah that's like Oh, like man. there's, it's beautiful. Like um, last year, I could go into the locker room after a game, and like I, I've not, I could maybe got within two feet of a scrum in front of LeBron. Never, mm-hmm. you don't get one on ones. It's hard, a lot harder to get one on ones in situations. Now, like not only the Cavs like redid like their media room, so it's like actually like really nice now. But with Chargers, like there's Chargers like ports <laughs> everywhere. It's beautiful. I'm so happy. Um, big tables, like elbow room. It's great. Um, it's what I care about. It's the important stuff. Um, what's the food? But, like, what's the food scene like for the Cavs media? You know, here here's a take. I never bring. I never buy media food at games. Neither do I. I, I just take the free pizza that they put out. Oh, the, I don't. The Cavs have like popcorn and stuff. I just bring out peanut butter and jelly. 
I literally eat a peanut butter and jelly before like every game. On the, I take the train into the city and I eat a peanut butter and jelly, creamy peanut butter, no sugar added, wheat bread, grape jam. Grape jam. Grape jam's not really a thing in Canada the way I think it is in the st- is it like the main jam in the states? People, I feel like more people are into strawberry. I'm a, I'm just okay. a grape guy. I'm not I'm a, a strawberry guy. I'm a blueberry guy myself. Love oh, me blueberry is good. Blueberry, blueberry is a good call. Be, I think we my number two. I just had like ten minutes before coming on this podcast some. Uh, Toast with peanut butter and uh, blueberry jam. Although I go like craft peanut butter, I guess I'm not the fancy bougie stuff that you're eating. So well, I just like don't like. The, I think I just don't eat it with sugar. Like it's just like natural peanut butter, so it's still like I can just buy it at, like any grocery store. But it's like I and I have to stir it and stuff. But it doesn't like it actually tastes like peanuts. Like it doesn't yeah. taste just like sugar. See, I don't find peanut butter tastes like sugar either. I don't know. Weird. But like some American peanut butter is just like very very sugary. And, like, the stuff that most people buy for their kids, like, that I ate growing up is just, like, full of sugar. Mm. And once you, like, once that lid has been, like, once, like, your eyes have been, like, pulled back and you just, like, see, like, that you don't need to eat it, it's, like, much better. But, look, like, I've, like, with this Cavs team, I can, like, it's a lot easier to talk to people. It's a lot easier to get around. It's a lot easier to, like, kind of, like, navigate weird stories. Um it's Lottie. It's just like from for me in the type of position I'm in, and like just being like someone who isn't traveling with the team, isn't um, doesn't you know just unfortunately can't do that. Um, is sort of just like fitting stuff in as I have time around everything else. Mm-hmm. It is better for me to like just be able to go in and like to have a better chance of like just pulling someone aside for five minutes um, than I than I would otherwise. So like that for me, that really really works. Um, and for other for other guys, you know, I for for other people, I'm sure like it's a letdown that like LeBron's not there. Like I, you know, Joe Varden just got a job at the Athletic, but like he took this job to like cover LeBron. I'm sure that's weird. But yeah, uh, and for readers, like there's less people around, so you get less calf stuff. But it's for for me personally, it's better. But like I mean, but I'm sure free with Kawhi, like is it better? Are you like I know you kind of said you're more interested, but is it like does it change? Has it changed how you approach anything at all? Because you're like, for me, this has, like, changed sort of, like, what I feel like I have to do on a day-to-day. But, like, has Kawhi's arrival changed that for you? Um, probably not because I don't think I do quite as much, like, reportering as a lot of people. <laughs> probably because I, I am uh, weird and scared to do that kind of stuff. But, um, and also, like, yeah, the Raptors are, like, they're probably going to be less accessible this season just because of everything going around them. And that's understandable, I suppose. And... So, like, it might be, like, an inverse type of thing. I, I, just as someone who, like, talks about the team and has to watch it every single day, like, I am so much more fascinated by, like, how this team is going to operate than just watching the same Dwayne Casey, DeMar DeRozan team be very good consistently like it was, right? Like, this, there's a lot more volatility, I think, this season because things could go poorly, I suppose. But um, I'm just, like, I'm kind of more interested just kind of to ride the regular season roller coaster a little bit than I was last year, where last year it was kind of just, like, one of those swan rides that goes through the pond and it's very pretty and nice but like it's the same thing and not particularly exhilarating whereas this has a lot more potential for like insane highs and potentially like the lowest of lows if Kawhi ends up leaving and the thing doesn't work out but like the just sort of the the daily interest in the team I think will be far more but it's just going to be a more compelling season I think than it has been in a long time and like Raptors fans like be ready for it because you always complain about not having attention or whatever. Like, there's going to be attention this season. Like, there's going to be a lot of it. So you better be ready for it, I guess. Like, it's it's going to be exhausting, I'm sure. 
on some levels, but it's just it's it's a different team than it has been, which is kind of nice. Let's wrap it up. I think on just yeah. one thing here. Um, what what who wins Wednesday, yeah. and what is what is like the thing that maybe we haven't talked about that you want to see what the Raptors do? Yeah. Uh, so right now on Odd Shark, the Raptors are twelve point favorites. I think the Raptors are going to win in cover. They're really good at home. The crowd's going to be super duper jacked up to see Kawhi. Kawhi hasn't played in Toronto yet because they. Only had one home preseason game, and it was against Melbourne, and they didn't play any of their any, any of their starters. So they're saving Kawhi's debut for tomorrow, which is going to be awesome. Um, and it's almost today. We're, this is very late now that we're recording this thing. but um, So I think the Raptors are going to win in cover. I think they're going to be pretty jacked up, and I think they're very, very good. And I don't think the Cavs are particularly awesome, especially if like JR is not playing and if Kevin Love is still kind of working his way back from being hurt. I, uh, I'm going to take the Raptors to win by quite a bit. And as far as stuff that maybe we aren't haven't seen, like I guess if people haven't watched the preseason, watching Pascal Siakam is going to be really cool because uh, he is now like running fast breaks and running the offense in the half court for the bench and kind of letting Fred Van Vliet spot up a little bit. And it's pretty awesome because Pascal, he can pass. He is... Uh, extremely talented and also insanely fast and as soon as the three-point shot comes it's going to be absolutely terrifying and i if that comes at all like it might not it doesn't always come for guys but it's uh it's pretty tantalizing so watch out for pascal siakam i suppose is my uh is my words of wisdom to Cavs fans do you have anything raptors fans should be taking an eye out uh, or what's your pick and then yeah the thing that the raptors fans should be keeping an eye out for uh, from the Cavs. So I will say that the, the the Raptors should win this game pretty handily. Um, I feel pretty confident uh, in saying that. Um, my thing to watch for is just like let's let's just like see like number one what Colin Sexton sort of looks like and who he goes against. I want to see him against Lowry and Van Vliet. I think ideally and, and Delon Roy too, mm-hmm. um, and how he just handles those type of things and what the Cavs ask him to do. We just don't really quite know what his role is going to be yet. Um, aside from getting some chance to initiate the offense when he is in the game, uh, but like, does he have to see Jordan Clarkson? Um, does he have? Does he? Does he get time on his own? Does he get time with Kevin Love? I really want to see how he, he sort of reacts to, to those type of the things. And, and and the other, the kind of to link this together, how does Jetty do against Kawhi? The Cavs mm-hmm. are going to throw Jetty to the deep end this year and have him defend the best opposing scorer on other teams. He's going to start with Kawhi, and that's that's pretty wild. And <laughs> I. Probably don't think it goes well, but I, I'm here to see him try. It does seem slightly cruel and perhaps unfair for uh, Kawhi or for for Chetty to have to like go up against Kawhi on offense at some point. That seems mean. <laughs> like yeah, like I mean, uh, like it, it, like but it's like him and Rodney Hood's. Like what are you, what are you gonna do? Oh, What's it might even be more like, sad and unfair for. Uh, might even be more sad and unfair for Rodney Hood. That poor guy. <laughs> well, and like, like, uh, like, don't they? They can't have like Kyle. Like, if they bring that like Kyle Korver off as like the backup emergency three or something, like that's not fair. Or like David Nwaba is like gonna get some minutes just to guard get roasted by Kawhi. Like, it's a tough look for anyone. Yeah, I think I've just made my decision. I don't think the Cavs are making the playoffs, Chris. I'm sorry. I don't think they. I are. don't think so either. I, <laughs> I think they're gonna be like. Yeah, I think they're gonna end up picking like having like the seventh best odds of the top pick is right. what I sort of think happens. Well, that's good, I suppose. And just because the Cavs aren't good doesn't mean we won't talk a lot on this podcast. We're going to do it all the time because uh, 
You're one of my favorite people to do these crossovers with. They're always very good. Um, I guess we should plug stuff, huh? What do you have to yeah. plug? Yeah, go to Fear the Sword. Go to read all of our stuff. Read everything we have going up. We have a full crew. This is Justin Carter. David Zabak is back. Um, we got a whole bunch of stuff there. And just check out Lockdown Cabs. I have an interview with Colin Sexton uh, that came out about a week ago, at this, two weeks ago at this point. And I have some more interviews with players kind of coming up soon that are going to be fun. Uh, one of the perks of no LeBron. So check out that <laughs> and just check out all the stuff we're doing over for the store. Very cool. Uh, I You can check out Raptors HQ, of course. I will be at the game tomorrow. I'm sure I'll have something written on that at some point on Thursday. Uh, also, I have a Patreon page now because uh, rent is expensive and I would like to pay it. And it would be nice if you are a fan of my work. If you, for example, enjoyed my ranking of all 218 Raptors players, for example, on Raptors HQ, that's the kind of stuff I'm going to be doing more often on my Patreon page. Also, some podcasts uh, with cool guests. Kelly Dwyer from formerly Yahoo, now the second arrangement, is coming on the very first premium podcast. So if you're interested in a podcast previewing the Raptors season with Kelly Dwyer, who is awesome, please subscribe to my Patreon page. And uh, there are plenty of different tiers there. Anything is deeply, deeply appreciated. So... Thank you for taking the time to do that. And, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Subscribe, rate, review, Lockdown Raptors on iTunes. All the stuff that, that you normally would usually hear me ask you to do. Um, all right, Chris, man, this was great. Yeah, and basketball's back. Thank God. Hell yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will talk to you next time.